0: Empire
1: Hello and welcome to my podcast Do me a favor and subscribe to the John Kime Report Wherever you get your podcasts And also subscribe to us on YouTube At Empire Media That's A-M-P-I-R-E It would be much appreciated Today, I'm joined by ESPN NFL insider Jeremy Fowler, who does a lot of everything for us. It's a lot of airtime, writes terrific stuff on ESPN Plus, a lot of insight gleaned from many conversations with GMs, coaches, and agents, among others. We discuss how he sees Carson Wentz here and his thoughts on the challenge faced by Ron Rivera in getting past the narratives surrounding this franchise. And where does this team stack up in the NFC East as of today? You can follow Jeremy on Twitter at JFowlerESPN, that's J-F-O-W-L-E-R-E-S-P-N, and you can read our work on ESPN.com. I'll have a story up Monday about the pressure Washington faces now that it has its quarterback, made an investment in him, and also a coach who is entering year three. And don't forget to check out some of the other content on Empire Media. You have Inside the Cap with Joel Corey, key time of the year for, for Money Talk Joel is one of the best, so check it out. He's a former NFL agent, had a recent podcast talking about the receiver market, which, of course, includes Terry McLaurin. Then there's the All's Caps podcast with Steve Wino and former Washington Capital Carl Alsner. So it's All's Caps, A-L-Z, Caps, get it? Anyway, NHL playoffs coming up soon. Get ready for it by listening to All's Caps. Some really good interviews and insight on their podcast. Jeremy and I taped this episode before a lot of the financial allegation stuff came out about Dan Snyder, so we didn't go down that road. But before we play my conversation, I just want to update you and caution you to proceed at the right pace with this latest allegation. I told you the other day about how the NFL does very strict audits on the team's books every year. I I stress, very strict. I heard that from a few people, and I talked to one person who said, if Congress Somebody involved in Congress said if Congress had the goods, they would trumpet it without it being anonymous. I hear various things about the owners and any momentum to force Snyder to sell. By and large, while there was some discussion about the Washington situation at the league meeting in Florida, it was not the dominant topic. What I would hear from more people is about the Stan Kroenke lawsuit regarding his relocation settlement and the money that would be owed to other owners. There's also the Deshaun Watson situation, though I think the anger there centers more around the, the guaranteed money in the contract than anything else. But there's a portion who are tired of the league having to absorb body blows over various situations, including this one. Keep in mind, it takes 24 of 32 owners to bounce another. Also, it's never been done. But I think we'd be jumping the gun here if you think they now have the goods on them. There's a ways to go before I think that's the case, if it happens at all. This isn't about defending him, trying to take him or trying to take him down. Conversely, it's about trying to sift through the information that I have that has been reported and provide you with my honest assessment. Be careful about going down certain roads at this point. The information isn't taking you there at this time. I've spent at least 10 to 12 hours more on the phone. Actually, it's it's definitely more than that. On the phone the last several days, talking to people about this issue from various viewpoints and angles there's still a lot that remains unknown now if it proves to be true of course he'd be in big trouble one thing i won't do is simply believe it's true because oh it's Dan Snyder the evidence has to support the claim if i don't follow that thinking then i fail as a reporter okay that's it for me after this break i'll be back with ESPN NFL insider Jeremy Fowler we dive into the Carson Wentz situation why he thinks Wentz was traded from the Colts and where this team stacks up in the NFC East. I think we both agree too that Wentz is probably the second best quarterback in this division.
0: Guys, if you're looking for that extra confidence when it's time to have a little bit of fun, let me tell you about BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service. It delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but it comes in chewable form and it's at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew's tablets will help you combat all forms of ED. Plus, it's an online prescription service. No visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is really simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days, and the best part, all done online. Blue Chew's licensed medical providers are going to work with you to find the right ingredient and the strength for your personal subscription. Plus, their tablets are made in the United States. They prepare, they ship direct, and it's so much cheaper than going through a pharmacy. And here's a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code KIME K-E-I-M, at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code Time K-E-I-M, to receive your first month free, and we thank Blue Chew for being a sponsor of our show.
1: Welcome back. Now, here's my conversation with ESPN NFL insider, Jeremy Fowler. But Jeremy, we're both back in colder climates after having been out of the league meetings in very nice and sunny Florida, and every t- I keep yeah. bringing this up, so it's like whenever I had you know somebody else on the other day and talked about how nice it was in Florida – yeah. I am happy to be home, but I do miss Florida. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's always nice to be down there, but I do want, I want to start with this because you do such a great job covering the league and, you know, you know, this league very well. What, one thing Ron Rivera was talking about at the league meetings was trying to escape the, I guess the, the negativity around this franchise, trying to separate the yeah. football side from the business side, how difficult a task do you feel that is? And How realistic is that for him, do you think?
2: Yeah, well, I think when Ron Rivera took the job two years ago, he had a pretty good idea that this is going to take some time for that reason. You know, there was uh, a lot to rebuild, not just from a roster standpoint, but from a perception standpoint. Um, It it seems like he's done a good job based on all I've gathered. And, you know, people around the league really respect Ron. Um, You know, they believe he's kind of the the right man for uh, sort of gathering the troops, so to speak, and uh, getting everybody unified and on the same page. Uh, so it seems that they've made strides in that area, but, you know, even the end of last year, even a simple thing like, you know, the fight on the sideline, right. I know that that happens in football, but you know, that sort of feeds into their past a little bit. Is this a good locker room or not? Like what's really going on there? I think those are questions that uh, still linger a little bit um, just because of, of, of the problems Washington's had in the past, but it's a, you know, it's a team that plays hard and is competitive. I mean, I think um, if you take the quarterback out of it, it's a pretty good team last year, you know, so um and and the wild card of, like, Chase Young not playing his best, maybe the defensive right, front right. not being as good, like you were sort of counting on that. So all things considered, they still kind of made it work and were competitive. So, um, you know, th- them making a year three jump wouldn't necessarily surprise anybody uh, around the league. Maybe, yeah, I think 12 wins would probably surprise. But, right. like, if they're in the hunt uh, and, and above 500, that would not shock.
1: Yeah, and I think, like, personally, I look at, if, if they win 10, 11 games, I'm not going to be surprised because that you can see a scenario where that goes that like that. You talk to agents, players and all that executives. And I don't know how often you talk to them about Washington, but when you do, what is, what is the perception now? And is it something, because one of the things that set Ron off at the league meetings when somebody asked about, well, do free agents want to come here? And they really didn't go heavy on that. Russell Wilson opted for Denver and it could be a variety of reasons. And they didn't go hard at the free, so it's kind of hard to say that they didn't or did want to come here. But what when you talk to people, what is it that you hear about this franchise?
2: Yeah, that that quarterback component is interesting because that is sort of a barometer a little bit, right? Like Denver had, uh, even though they didn't win big last year, they had a lot of pieces in place. Denver's a cool city. Uh, West Coast, where Russell Wilson already was. So, um, But he wants to win. So it made a lot of sense. From that standpoint, I just Washington was kind of maybe a rung below in that regard, a tier below. That doesn't mean that they're in disarray and the people don't want to right. go there. Uh, it just means that Denver probably had was a little higher in the pecking order. Right. So if Russell had his place, his pick, Denver was gonna have more momentum. There, like that's kind of what I was hearing before the trade. Like he would be open to Denver, um, as opposed to some other spec. Like he did he didn't really want to be in the NFC East. Um, and so if you could put Philly in that too, and Philly made the playoffs, so it's not right. like it's not like that's a bad roster either. So sometimes it's a preference thing. So really the, the quarterback component is what comes up most often with Washington. Now uh, when you talk to people around the league and that's, you know, I think we over-dramatize the quarterback spot. Like it's all we talk about, but it's, you know, I mean, they, the, the money speaks and those guys are getting more and more money because they're more important. So there's just a feeling of like, okay, well, what, what's really their solution there? Even though you trade for Carson Wentz, like, And, and, you know, it wasn't long ago, he was a top 10 quarterback. I mean, it really was maybe two or three years ago. So there's, there's, you know, more hope there, more promise, but it still doesn't feel like a long-term solution. So I think that's the question people have is like, okay, you know, Ron Rivera is a good coach. You got some, you know, they'll play hard on defense got, you know, you got Terry McLaurin, got Gibson, got some good pieces. Like you can grind out some wins, but like, what's the long-term vision, I think is the question people have.
1: Well, what is it like with Wentz? What's the sticking point in, you know, it's funny because like yeah. here, they're going to look at it. He is definitely an upgrade over Taylor Heineke. I mean, you know, and I think yeah. he's an upgrade of what they've had, you know, statistically, especially, but over the last four years since Kirk Cousins left. But what is it you hear about Carson Wentz? What are the concerns or questions that people have on him?
2: So that's complicated, probably with a lot of layers to it because it's like he's depicted as this locker room dud, right? Like, he, like <laughs> there's no other way to describe it. He had a decent year last year. He was pretty right. good. And they just, they were once the season ended. The Colts were allergic to him. They're like, "You got to get out of here. You got to get away from us." And it was it was a little odd. There, how should I answer this? There was a little feel that I, I think the player felt that him being unvaccinated played a big role in his in his departure there. I really do. I don't know if he would say that. Um, but I've I think heard that, that from other good.
1: like, and I and that's what I was going to ask you too. Like for Ursay, like you know, he seemed to be the driving force behind this.
2: Yeah.
1: How big a factor, you know, do you think that may have been?
2: I think it was a factor. And I think, I think Ursay was the driving force behind the trade. I I don't, I don't get the sense Chris Ballard and Frank Reich just wanted to ship him out. Like it worked out for them because they got Matt Ryan really on lesser draft capital. You know, they got two third round picks uh, for Wentz and then, and then only had to give up one third round pick to get Matt Ryan. So they're happy right now. But that was hardly a slam dunk a month ago um, as they were going through this. But it was clear that their owner didn't want them, didn't want Wentz there for whatever reason. I think the vaccination thing probably had something to do with it. But, there was a flow of the game issue, too. And, you know, he didn't show up in big games like he, he really just targeted Michael Pittman all the time. Um, you had other capable players like Naeem Himes is a great player and they barely used him. Uh, you know, Zach Paschal is a capable receiver that they, he kind of ignored. So, that you know, there were some issues there, but he played pretty well. Like it's hard to argue with 27 touchdowns to seven interceptions. So there's more to it. You just, it just, you wonder like, is there? A, what's the locker room issue with Carson Wentz? Because he's not a. I, I, honestly, I don't think he's a bad guy at all. Um, and I've talked to enough people who believe like this. Guy, he's a good guy. Um, so it's not that. It's just, is, is there just not like really a vibe between him and teammates? Like, is he just? Does he have a hard time relating? Um, but even then, guys should, don't care about that all that much if a guy can play, you know. So there's some. There's, there's a lot of weird gray area with Wentz that is is still a mystery.
1: And I was gonna ask you that too, because there are some big name quarterbacks who I would not describe as maybe great locker room guys or maybe right. not as popular. So
2: yeah, like Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I mean, how, how many times have right. we talked about Aaron Rodgers with, with issues, right? Right. Um, maybe not with his teammates, but just you, you right. know, you hear all these stories about Aaron Rodgers, but the guy can throw better than anybody.
1: Yeah. And do you how much better is Washington? Whether or not he's a long-term answer, we don't know yet. And that'll be determined. You know, I think even they are looking at this like, hey, for the next couple of years, he's certainly their guy. Yeah. But I don't know that they're sitting there saying, you know, it's a slam dunk. He's their guy for the for the right. long term. Right. How much how much better are they with him? Do you think
2: I, I would I would call them marginally better. I'm not going to oversell it. Um, the, the thing about Taylor Heineke is like you could tell when he played, like he just gave it everything he had. Right. Um, he, he unloaded the tank every game. So what you got last year is probably what he probably his ceiling, you know, and he had some good moments and he can win six, seven games with him. But um that's the ceiling where, where Wentz's the ceiling. We know is if he can somehow put it all together from back in 2017, like you saw the glimpses of an MVP. He's not that same guy. I mean, he hasn't been. Or just The track record shows that. And I think the injuries have added up a little bit for him, but he can still do things that, that Heineke can do, which is, you know, like he can throw off one leg, roll into his left, 55 yards down and drop a dime. Like he can still, do, he's really one of only like 10 guys on earth that can do that. Like honestly, so there's still that home run component. I think that's why Washington gave up what they did to get him Cause there's still, he just provides some hope uh, for that reason, but you got to deal with uh, you know, the head scratching decisions and the, the weird picks and whatever locker room dynamic might exist
1: and 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 yeah they absolutely look at that i think for them it opens up a playbook and so they can do some things they haven't been able to do because of that arm and you will have to find a way to live with and it's funny because you talk to people like they can just get them to start using some of the check downs more it'll help him a lot and you know i also wonder jeremy too a guy gets to you know you're traded twice in a year what kind of self-reflection do you do and then how does that impact you going forward
2: yeah it's interesting he um I don't know if you saw his like Instagram post saying that he was uh, he, he was, it was like an advertisement for a bobcat company, but it said yeah. building a higher road. Yes, and I thought that was a great caption in response to Jim Irsay basically ripping him at the owners' meetings after they sort of you know just uh, ostracized him after the season. You know, um, and so I kind of like that response. Like he's not you know Baker Mayfield or he's just explosive and like right. going right. to erupt at any time. Like I, I think he's a pretty classy guy um so you know but the, for some reason the perception is that that he's a, a locker room character or a, a locker room issue and i i just i can't quite figure that out other than um you know he he is a, a christian religious individual maybe that is an issue for some but we've seen that a lot in the seen past that with yeah. cousins you've seen that and that's right. not an issue with him so i don't know i don't i don't buy that either that's people try to figure it out and don't quite know uh what the problem is You know, so. Um, but really, he you know he played better in Indy than he did his last year in Philly, so he he is technically trending upward. So I think he can do a lot for his perception if he can just uh, you know like kind of give the offense like a calmness. He he kind of you know he's been so erratic. He's had these moments where some of the picks last year were just uh, you know really poor decisions. Being he can bridge that out. gap and
1: yeah,
2: yeah, yeah the one uh, the one in the end zone that you saw yeah. like you know so but there he's not. He's not the kind of quarterback where he's – got to play to his strengths. If you run a bunch of crossing routes, I don't think that's going to be, like, the strength for him. And that was kind of a problem with Indy. They had guys that they had to get the ball too quickly, and he's more of a, you know, a downfield deep shot guy. So they got to find, like, a rhythm there.
1: But, you know, it's funny because they do, like – they have talked about slants and crossers. They feel like, you know, compared even with, like, Taylor, that he was late on some of those – and it resulted yeah. in less yards of the catch, et center. And I think they feel like Carson will be better in that way right. than they had. Um, how do you feel yeah. like the NFC East stacks up right now? We got the draft coming up, so there's still a ways to go. But right now, going into that period, where do you, how do you think this East stacks up?
2: Man, I, it feels like they're in the same place. It's like they're stuck in second gear. I, I don't know, um, you know. Philly probably overachieved last year. So to say that they're going to win more games this year, I, I'm not convinced um you know jalen Hurts should be better uh you know the 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 passing game was stagnant at the end of the year you know if they can sort of unlock that uh then then they might have something you know but um dallas probably overachieved i mean you got two teams that overachieved that aren't overly it was already in a bad division so i don't know that it's looking any better (laughs) you know (laughs) like washington can can take it i mean there's there's no reason why they can't go into this thinking that they can win the division and i mean the giants are in complete rebuilding mode like New GM Joe Shane's making no, uh, he's not hiding that at all. He's, you know, there's, he's stripping salary and it's it's what has to be done. I mean, they've been in sort of this salary cap mismanagement for a while now. uh, And the Dave Gettleman era didn't end well. He didn't leave them in a good spot. So he's got to clean some things up. So I think it's going to be ugly there for a year. And in 2023, I think they got a chance to be pretty good.
1: Is it crazy to think that Wentz probably might or might be the second best quarterback in this division?
2: I put him second best right now. Yeah. I think based on pedigree and, and ability, you know, with Hurts, probably a close three, you know, you still have to see more from, from Hertz's passing game. Like what happened at the end of the year in that Tampa game, like he just looked kind of lost. But, I, you, know, they're, they, you know, Philly didn't do anything drastic, which tells me that they believe that he's still their best option, you know. So he's still a young guy, so he's got a lot that, to improve on that, that I think he'll show.
1: Are you surprised by all the quarterback movement the last couple of years? I mean, there's been quite a bit
2: in the last two years. A little bit, but I was I, I was actually asking around a lot about this at the owners' meetings, and you know there are like so many themes that are involved in this. It's like, you know, part of it is the salary cap. I think where if you have cap space, you're just like, well, let's just make the move we need to make. You know, like it used to be, you had all these guys on teams that were untouchable. You know, you had quarterbacks or star running backs or whatever guys you would never trade, and now you're like, well, let's trade them. You know, like everybody's everybody's touchable. You know, maybe maybe not Patrick Mahomes. Or Justin Herbert, but just about anybody can be dealt. Because, you know, like in Seattle's case of Russell Wilson, you're like, well, he wants to get paid. It's not going great here, anyways. And we got this huge offer from Denver. Like, what else is there to really debate? Even though I know they did really want to make it work with Russell, and we're open to that. But at some point, it's like, at some point, they they look at this as diminishing returns, you know. And then you have a lot of young GMs who are in a new era where they like to deal a little bit and take chances, and they don't see draft picks the same way as as they did maybe 20 years ago, you know, so it's a, it's a trend. I think it's more trend than coincidence.
1: It also feels like, you know, a lot of these players have more leverage than they ever have. And they're using it because they make so much money that they can take, they can say, I'm going to sit out. If you don't pay me, I've already made 30 million. I don't care.
2: Yeah. That's part of it. Like the, the, the power comes with the money in some ways, you know, like the fact that it's once it got over 30 million a year, and now it's well past that just in a few years, like Russell Wilson signed that contract. He, it was, make, he was making, I think, $35 million a year. That was just like two and a half, three years ago. It was not long ago. And now we're up to 50. So the, the pace is rapid, you know, and I, I, teams are sort of alarmed by it a little bit. Like if you're Baltimore, what do you do with Lamar Jackson? Like he's not taking a penny less than Deshaun Watson, right? right. So, uh, and, and they don't, you know, I, I, I think they were prepared to be like, hey, we, if we have to play him on the fifth year option and on some franchise tags, we'll do it knowing that even though he's a great player, there's some injury issues potentially with, with his style of play. So that one's fascinating.
1: And you know, what's also fascinating too, Jeremy, like you look at these deals for quarterbacks, what do they emphasize? What do the player and the agent emphasize? Is it the five-year guaranteed money? Is it three? Is it the terms? Yeah. Is it the number of the, of the money? You know, I think that's where it's like, cause then it's, if you're Lamar and you're looking at Deshaun, you just want the same thing, but then other people may want like Kirk cousins took less yeah. years so he can go out and hit it again.
2: Right. And I love the way Cousins played it, you know, because he yeah. um, now Deshaun took it to a new level because now you have the huge money and the guarantees, So that's why teams are flustered right now, you know, because they know they have to react to that. Um, you know, I talked to a, a GM at the owners meetings who said, like, you know, name me an owner who's happy right now about that deal. You know, like there's there was a feeling there. It's like this frustration, you know, that they're there with a player who had the off field issues that he did. But, you know, he's a top five quarterback. Right. right. So, like. the the Browns made that that calculated risk, So um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be fascinating because the the money is, is uh, ballooning to an extent. I didn't necessarily think it would get this, this high, this quickly. Um, I think most guys would take the guarantees if it meant shaving off a little bit less, but I think teams now, if if you're doing a deal with a quarterback after three years of his rookie deal and you have like a buffer of the fourth rookie year and the fifth year option, you're thinking, well, we'll give him a massive number if we can control the guarantees on the back end, sure. you know, so that, that's going to be the fight.
1: And I think one of the things, and going back to the Wentz trade, one of the things that may benefit Washington, they have him for three years. If yeah. he goes out and plays really well, you have him for 27, and then I think 26 Yes, yeah. couple that's of years. That's, that's a pretty good, where this is going. Right. Now, as long as you're getting the requisite play out of him, then it becomes a good deal. If you don't, right. then it's like, well, but then you can also move on with no penalty. Um, you know, and if, if you want to go draft somebody last thing, again, everybody always talks about perception. We started talking about that early on. How, how easy is it to change? I look at Buffalo, Cincinnati, a couple of years ago, those teams aren't looked at the way they are now. How easy would it be or how hard, how, what's it, what's the road to changing that perception for a place like here?
2: Well, I, I I hate to put too much stock in the quarterback position, but the the common thread there is they have, you know, Exactly, guys. Guys, you can rally behind, right? Like somebody you can build around. And so I I just don't know if Wentz at this stage is is that guy now. Um, But the ceiling is high with him, so you know maybe you can recreate some of that. Uh, But it's I think that people are willing to spend on the quarterback position the way they are, not just because they're uh, head and shoulders above everybody else, but it's because when you have one of those top five or six guys, it just changes the dynamic of the whole team. I don't know. I think uh, it's. At the same time, you know, you you have like the NFL is built where you can rebuild in a year, essentially, like you can do it pretty quickly. Um, It it shouldn't take three or four years. Like you make the right moves, right? Draft picks. Um, You know, you spend some money at the right positions and you can, and it's shown you can still win without a quarterback, like Tennessee. I mean, you know Ryan Tannehill is not a top five quarterback, but they win every year, you know, so you can still do it. um, If if you surround them with the right pieces, but the, the way it's built with the salary cap and like the draft picks you can acquire like you can get good in a hurry uh for the most part you know and i think cincinnati and buffalo still would have been pretty good maybe without those quarterbacks like they wouldn't have been as good but like yeah they, they build good rosters you know so sure. that that helps
1: they did and that's why but the point i want to go like for again with to what ron rivera was talking about is that you know do people want to come here well if you start to win if you have that quarterback And whatever all the drama that everybody thinks goes on, people go to where players want to go to where that exists. And, you know, so, and that's, that's it. Um, Folks go check out Jeremy's stuff on ESPN plus it's great, great insight talks to so many executives and coaches, et cetera, et cetera, for some really, really good inside material for ESPN plus Jeremy, thanks for coming on. You're terrific. And again, no, very few people work as hard as Jeremy. So, you know, just go read his stuff. So thank you very much. I appreciate
2: that, John. You're the man. Thanks for everything. And you do a great job. So I appreciate you having me. That's it for this
1: episode. Thanks to Jeremy for joining me and thank you as always for listening. I'll be back with another episode on Wednesday as we start to focus heavily on the NFL draft.